Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I'm David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. Hi, David. Eric, Glad to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Continuing a bit, Eric, today on what we talked about in our last episode. Our last episode we titled... They're watching you. Ooh. <laughs> you know, and, time to feel like. <laughs> could go a few different ways interpreting that one. But yes. we really took it along where people in your organization, they're watching you. They're yes. watching you, me, right? They're watching the words we say, our body language. It's not just, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? It turns out how you said it is pretty important. Yes, it is. And it is. we talked about that last episode and we gave some really good examples and what we talked about was we kind of summarized and said, folks, what we're really talking about here is servant Ser- leadership. Servant leadership. Right. Yeah. And so we thought today we would unpack that a little bit more. There's so much to yeah. say on servant leadership. There are books on it. We could make the rest of the podcasts thanks next year about it if we wanted. But we need to unpack it at least a little bit more. Right? Sure. Because sure. I think, Eric, what we're talking about here gets at the core of we can get our strategy right. We get our tactics right. But if we don't get us right, it's still not going to work. No. There's a lot to be said here. So, Eric, maybe if you can kick us off with that transition from the summary we did last time. And how do we want to take this? Where do we want to take it? Yeah, well, I think maybe one of the ways we could is maybe juxtapose, I guess, servant leadership against maybe some other forms of leadership and maybe things that we were kind of familiar with is maybe kind of the top-down management style. And I think we talked a little bit about that is management versus leading. And they're very different. Management is more structural, is more organizational, and it has a tendency to be more process-oriented and how do we develop processes and make sure that we follow all these processes and things of that nature. All good things. And those are all good things. Just different than leadership. Leadership, I put as much focus. It's servant, so there's a focus there, and then leadership. So make sure first we understand that we're talking about leadership, not management. And then when it comes to servant leadership, this is not like the days of maybe the old coaches that just kind of said, this is what you're going to do, son. They go, do, 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 mm-hmm. do, do, do. And that was considered to be good leadership, right? In military environments and other environments like that. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a good way. You have to have command and control, mm-hmm. so to speak. But what we're talking about is getting an organization to flourish. And as human beings, we have a tendency to actually... I wouldn't say necessarily just our way, but mm-hmm. but we have that tendency that we want to be our own person, if you will, in mm-hmm. an organization. And we want to have flexibility and autonomy, but then we want to make sure that we're focused on doing the right things and in the right way. And so leading through servant leadership is really about getting people to focus how they operate in the organization in a certain way. And that way is in serving others. Mm -hmm. And so it's being very 
other-centric instead of me-centric. I think the number one characteristic of that that's required to really flourish servant leadership is to have humility right? as an individual and as an organization. And not, sometimes people think about humility and they think the West just about weakness. And I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's not at all. It's being meek. We think meekness is weakness and it's like, no, it's not. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it takes a greater strength <laughs> to discipline ourselves and to have humility, true humility, and this is not about thinking less of ourselves, but it's thinking about ourselves less. And I think as a culture, we very much are in this mode where the culture says it's all about you. And servant leadership, it really turns that mentality on its head because it's about how can I think of someone else first and not myself? When we implemented a servant leadership culture where I was CEO, one of the examples of that that we used was called the second mile concept. And back in the Roman days, a Roman soldier could basically, any person who was a citizen, whether they were a citizen of Rome or whether they were Jewish or whatever, a Roman soldier could basically say, carry my gear for a mile. Mm -hmm. And you had to carry it for a mile. Mm -hmm. So the second mile concept was don't just take it for that mile, which is what you're required to do under the law at that Mm -hmm. time. Go the extra mile. Is that where we get go the extra mile? Yeah, go the extra mile. It's the second mile. Is The concept is don't just do what you have to do or what you're required to do by law. Go the extra mile. That's then not out of obligation or whatever it may be, but it's out of care and concern. Mm -hmm. You go the extra mile. So I think that concept is a good example of what servant leadership has as its foundation. And Eric, I think you bring up a good point that I know a lot of people will hear the word humility and think weakness. I think certainly when I was first introduced to this concept, I read humility and thought weakness. And so I think it's worth maybe expanding on a little bit more because a lot of times we get the idea, well, a humble leader is not strong. A humble leader is not assertive. A humble leader is not maybe even educated. And I think what you said really beautifully summarizes it when you said, it's not thinking less of myself. It's thinking of myself less. I don't have to think I'm a lesser person. Not at all. <laughs> to be a humble leader. Yeah. I just have to make it not about me. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And We've talked about this before, too. Is This is stuff can't be contrived. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to be humble. But when you say, oh, yeah, I'm a humble leader, it's like, well, no, you're not. It's like, it's like when you <laughs> say, like, I'm the humblest person you know. I, exactly. I mean, it just has to be authentic. You can't just say that. It's how you are. It's how you act. And going back to last episode where we talk about everybody's watching, when you're really trying to implement a servant leader culture, people will be watching because you are setting the bar really, really high in a servant leader culture in that you are basically saying in your organization, we will be thinking less of ourselves and we will be thinking more about our fellow coworkers Mm -hmm. and especially the customers, the people that we're going to be in contact with. The first thing everybody's going to be doing is like, Okay, I know what you said, but Mm -hmm. what are you doing? And every time you turn around, all I see is you doing stuff that benefits you, Mm -hmm. not 
benefiting the company, you're benefiting others. What are some examples? Because I know people have that exact issue. They say, okay, I get it. Yeah, I think I'm a servant leader. Now I show up at work. What do I do? What are things that leaders can do that might make people perceive it's about them and not well, themselves and not the yeah, people? Yeah, and I think because I talk to business leaders a lot of this is like, be careful even about the cars you drive and other things of that, that nature. Right. You know, sometimes people say, well, that's stupid. I can drive whatever car I want. I'm the CEO, whatever else like that. Even that can be, I mean, it's not to say there's anything wrong with that. But let me tell you something. If you were the CEO of a major corporation and you're driving around in a basic vehicle, that makes a huge statement. Why? Because mm-hmm. I think... Other people were thinking, well, yeah, the guy's going to be driving around this and that because they're the CEO, you know, and they deserve that. Or, hey, I want to be the CEO because that's what I want, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And that it's this image thing. And it's very counterintuitive, I think, because our culture has developed this mindset of what we should be doing, what we should be aspiring mm-hmm. to. And so we aspire to all of these things of having this stuff. And we think that that's this great thing. I've made it. Yes. Yeah. And then we get there and we're like, I either need more stuff because that stuff wasn't, you know, and it's like very superficial at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things about servant leader culture is that it should be very, very authentic. And again, I'm not putting down having nice vehicles and nice things and aspiring to do those things. But they're just things. Well, I think you could say, if you show up to work, I would think for a public company CEO to show up to their company in their Ferrari, the media would be all over. They'd have a field day with this, right? But in private companies, the media has no idea who you are. You can show up in your Ferrari. The media will leave you alone. But it's still, like you said, there's nothing wrong with getting the Ferrari. That'd be fun to drive. But the message you're sending to these people is that it's about yeah, me. Yeah, you're really right. working hard right. so that I can have my Ferrari. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. And it's ugh. that's probably another topic we can unpack one day yeah. is like corporate pay differences. Yeah. But yeah. certainly there's something to be said. We hear of other CEOs taking a salary of $1. I assure you those people are not living on $1 a year. There's probably no need for them to do that. But it's certainly the optics can be good. In yeah. that this is not glorifying me. This is not making me wealthier. Although that would be okay, but it's I'm trying to pour myself completely back into this organization. Yeah, and again, you have to be careful that it's not something that's viewed to just be contrived. And I don't want to go down a rabbit hole yeah. around that specifically, but I'd say rather than kind of the what not to do, like what are the things to do? Well, right. I think one of the first things that you can do is design programs, incentive programs, and things of that nature, which are very much focused back to giving back to the employees, first Mm -hmm. and foremost. And so seeing that, hey, we all win. When the company wins, we all win. So it's not just about, well, when the company wins, I'm going to win as a company owner or whatever it may be. But how do we all win in this process? Because that then starts to tie people back to having a mindset like you as a business yeah. owner. Mm-hmm. And it says, well, if he's going to pour himself back into this, I should be pouring myself back into it because he's doing it because he's getting some long-term rewards. It's not this necessarily this immediate gratification, but it's a long-term gratification to see a company grow and flourish and the mm-hmm. benefits of that from an ownership standpoint. But it really, to me, starts with that's not the end in itself 
per se, or the goal. But the goal is to be the best version of ourselves and the best version of the company. Mm -hmm. And we do that when we really focus on the others, on the customers, and on the internal customers and the external customers, first and foremost. And then guess what? When we do that and we focus that, we're going to do well. And then when we do well, everybody's going to do well. And so instilling that across the organization is what servant leadership is all about. Well said. And I would think, Eric, I'm thinking of some examples as you're talking. Just am I spending my time, like you said, thinking about how I can enrich in myself? Or am I spending my time thinking about how am I making paths of prosperity for all in my organization? Sometimes, like you said, it can't be contrived. Nobody can see the thoughts in my head. But still, what I think in my head will come out at some point. It will be manifest in some visible way at some point with an action or a word or something. (laughs) And so my constantly thinking about, hey, this team that's here, they're effectively, we say they're not volunteers because they're paid, but these people don't have to be here. They could go work somewhere else, but they're here. And so how am I creating this path of prosperity for them? How am I creating a world in which by them serving customers, making customers better off, they also, do I have this dream of everyone on my team being wealthy as well? Not because we've extracted value from people, but because we've created so much value for people. I would think that's more in line with servant leadership, right? My mindset is, let me build everyone up. Yes. And I hear it sometimes, we talked last episode about words. I hear there are some leaders who often use the words like I and me, right? My company, I did, I'll decide. And as your other leaders say things like, we, our organization, right? Yeah. And you can almost tell, like, it's a subtle manifestation of maybe what's going on internally yeah. when they start using language that really defines, like, it's us and it's not me. Yeah. And I'll say my own personal experience has been that even when you have truly in your heart as a business leader that everyone's best interest in mind, it doesn't always work out the way that some people think. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, sometimes what you're trying to accomplish and how people perceive that, people, because of their own issues, might view it in a different way. And it's usually because they're thinking about themselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) as well. So that's usually the ultimate problem there Mm -hmm. or issue. It's with them and not you. But as a leader, you just have to keep pressing forward with that because not everything is going to be perceived in the same way. But we just have to continue down that path and having a very transparent process, I think, of communication. When things maybe when we fail within the organization to fulfill that standard, we have to be able to be open and honest about that. I think that gets back to the humility side of things yeah. that, hey, when things may slip or you may not be following mm-hmm. the path that you set forth for the organization, even you as the business owner, as the ultimate leader in the organization, you need to be able to say, mia culpa, this is my fault. I could have done that better. And again, that's leading yes. by that same example. Now, Eric, you turned me on to a book several years ago and I think he even gave me a copy of it. Yes, I did. And I said, that's great. I'll read this. I'll put it on the list. I may have read the first couple of pages. I put it on the bookshelf. And then a couple of years went by. And then I don't know what happened. I was up in the (laughs) middle of the night one night and some kind of way opened the book up, started reading it. 
I can't believe I let a couple of years go by <laughs> without <laughs> reading this book. Yeah. It's one of the best leadership books I've ever read. Turns out there's a book that's about probably the best example yes. of servant leadership. Tell yeah. us about it. Yeah. Well, the title, I guess this is kind of the Paul Harvey side of things. It's what's the rest of the story, so to speak, because the book, which is entitled Lead Like Jesus, it's about servant leadership. And it's about, well, who is the best example mm-hmm. of servant leadership? Mm-hmm. And for those of us who know mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus as I do, it's easy to say, yeah, that's a perfect example, because it is. He is a perfect mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. of what servant leadership is about. He is servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And so why are we chasing other thoughts and ideas? Why don't we look to the one who is servant leadership. And that's really what the book sets out to do. It puts it into that perspective of, okay, well, if servant leadership is, in fact, what we are striving for, then who is the best example of that? And then Mm -hmm. what are the characteristics of the way that we should operate if we want to be the best servant leader? Right, absolutely. And, And so that's basically the concept of the book, and it specifically focuses on what I call the four H's, mm-hmm. the head, the heart, the hands, and the habits. Right, which um, I think of, were Jesus pretty system. pivotal, and you're developing a veritas. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And harkens back, harkens mm-hmm. to, I think, one of our first episodes on veritas. We unpacked that a little Absolutely. bit. But lo and behold, veritas as a model was developed, and then I stumbled on the Lead Like Jesus book, and it was just phenomenally incredible yes how one fit into the other which maybe is another episode mm-hmm. that we can unpack a little bit more on that because that whole concept of the head the heart the hands and the habits are really practical ways on how we can form ourselves to be the best servant leadership servant leader in our organizations and then how do we use that as an example then to help others become that servant leader in your organization as well. Absolutely. And if you think about it, Eric, certainly reading Lead Like Jesus, obviously it's a Christian book. It talks about Jesus. And I think from a faith perspective, there's so much to learn there. Even if someone is not as familiar with Jesus, I think still reading the book, here's someone in history who embodied servant leadership, took his people and set them up for success so much that they spread their organization throughout the entire known world, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about the servant leadership work, like, yes, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so yeah. I think there's lessons to be learned here for someone from any faith background yeah. that can really, really be Absolutely. implemented. Absolutely. And uh, one of those key concepts there, we talk about the ego, which really gets back to humility. Right. What was it? It was Is that you're either exalting God only Right. Or you're edging God out. And that's really where humility hits the road is that, or is this about you mm-hmm. or is it about God and others and others. being the best version of myself? It's really great because I'm a big acronym guy. So I like mm-hmm. acronyms. And so the ego concept is just one of those things that can really stick with you. And you can use it as a basis to say, hey, today, am I edging God out or am I exalting God only Absolutely. in how I operate today? Well, good stuff, Eric. Folks, thanks for listening. We hope we've created some value for you well in excess of you spending your time here listening to us. 
Plenty more to come. We've got plenty of topics coming, some guests coming. Please continue to listen. Please subscribe. Helps you get this amazing value every week. Helps us get the word out to more people. Also reach out at podcast at emergedynamics.com with topic suggestions. If you'd like to be on the show or you want to complain about us, you can do that too. All at podcast <laughs> at emergedynamics.com. With that, folks, we'll sign off. Eric, time to get back to work. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed.